You are now listening to Creative Masters. This is the podcast where we interview musicians, photographers, directors, comedians, designers, and other creatives to discuss how they got started, how they got past those bumps in the road, and how they built a career off their creativity. So let's get right into it. I'm your host, and I'm Team Double Machine Masters to bring you Creative Masters. Now let's start the show. What's going on, everybody? This is Reggie, a.k.a. Nobody Famous. You're listening to the Creative Masters Podcast. We're back with a new episode, but before we get into that episode, I want to remind you guys to check out our Patreon page. I'm doing my very first documentary on Simon Illa, a music producer. Very dope story. So you can go to patreon.com slash trackingidentity to check out the trailers and to support the campaign. We'd really appreciate your support on that. As usual, if you're a beat maker or producer and, wanna, and you want to have your music featured on the podcast, you can go to iTunes rate us and leave a review and then email creativemasterspodcast at gmail.com with the screenshot of the review as well as a couple of beats and we'll get them on to the podcast so this week we have one of those submissions i'm playing in the background right now so for episode 28 we have dan almacy he's a very talented photographer director graphic designer and basically just a multi-faceted artist out of atlanta georgia so we talk about how he got started and then his journey to get to where he is now one of the things that we talk about in this episode is how he built his freelance business from the ground up uh i was just grasping at straws back then mm-hmm. i didn't know what to do um i thought that you know every interaction i i had with people i really kind of treated it like a hustle you know carried business cards with me. Then of course we talk about success and what success means to him in the creative space. As cliche as it might sound, I think that I feel successful when I have the freedom to do work that is fulfilling to me and still pay my bills and have the freedom to do things that I enjoy doing, you know? We get into this and so much more on episode 28 of the Creative Masters Podcast featuring Dan Amasi. So sit back, relax, and be inspired. What's going on, everybody? This is Reggie, a.k.a. Nobody Famous. You're listening to the Creative Masters Podcast. This week, I got a dope guest. He's an artist, designer, photographer, creative director. He does a bunch of stuff. We came across each other on Instagram probably about four or five months ago. Um, So we have Dan Almasy. How you doing, my man? Hey, how's it going, man? Doing well. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate that. And um, I think a lot of folks are going to get a a lot of value out of the conversation because I just know looking at your work every day, you know, on Instagram and whatnot, you got some dope stuff and you probably have a dope story as well. So I definitely appreciate that. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. So let's just start off with like a, um, you know, 60 second elevator speech of who you are, where you're from, what you do, and then we'll go from there. Um, well, I'm, uh, Dan Omsey. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, and, uh, I'm a creative tour de force, I guess you could say. Mm Um, I do everything, uh, in the creative industry from graphic design, photography, filmmaking, uh, web development. I've, I've done it all. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So how did you, I guess let's start at the beginning. How did you get into creativity? Was it just something that you've always been into from like a child or did you discover your talents later on in life? Like how, how's that story go? Yeah, man. Um, I think since I was a kid, you know, since I was, since I was really young, I remember being, 
interested in creating and and art and um you know i've always been aware of like form and function and color and and stuff like that from a pretty early age so i think i knew that um that was going to be something that was a big part of my life from a from a early on mm-hmm. so like when did you get started in like creating was it you know was it later like was it in school or was it just on your own like you know sitting in your room drawing like what was kind of the backstory there um yeah it was that kind of stuff you know i, I remember being real little and 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 I'd had these coloring books and in the back pages of the coloring books, there was like a blank space and I would, I would draw my own stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would draw like transformers or, or whatever it was. Um, but getting, uh, moving beyond that, I definitely, I remember being in, uh, like middle school mm-hmm. and early high school and I was really into painting and drawing and illustration and all that. Um, so that kind of took a front seat in my life for, um, you know, I just, I always wanted to draw and paint. Gotcha. And did you like take all the courses and everything in, in school or was it just something you yeah. did on your own? Um, both, um, you know, my favorite subjects was art and, you know, I would, I would be the kid hanging out down in the art room when, uh, you know, when I didn't have class you know, if I was in between periods or had a free period, I'd go hang out in the art class and, you know, work on, you know, some sculpture thing I was doing or painting or mm-hmm. that was kind of like, you know, my free time and my work time. Gotcha. And then how was your um, your creative life after like high, middle school and high school? Like what were you doing at that point? Um, you know, I stayed with it through middle school and high school and I think Towards the end of high school, what really changed for me was uh, was computers and and the technological side of it. Um, you know, like I said, I'd spent my whole life drawing and painting, and uh, I noticed, you know, I got really interested in technology and computers. And when those two worlds kind of converged, it was really uh, it was really mind blowing for me just seeing the things I could do, mm-hmm. um, like in Photoshop or. Um, we had some 3d programs we'd mess around with, but, um, that's when it started changing for me. And, and I started working in, in design and I would have friends of mine who would hit me up to make their band posters or their CD covers or, um, you know, different things like that. And that's where it started to kind of turn into work for me mm-hmm. where I was, I was doing these things and people throw me, you know, 20 bucks or, or whatever it was yeah, yeah. back in the day. Um, but I started to kind of see the path of like, okay, I can, I can create and that's a valuable skill that people want to pay money for. Yeah, for sure. And how do you think that, cause I'm, I'm kind of like the same way. It was like, I had a computer since I was probably like six years old and it was just always, just like always messing around on it. But then as technology kind of advanced, it got to the point like, oh, I can like download MP3s and now I can like make pictures and you know, yeah. like music and stuff like that. So, like, how do you think that that played a role in you, like, continuing a, down your creative path as opposed to just saying, you know, going and getting a, a job outside of, like, a creative field? Um, well, I mean, I, I, I did the other stuff, too. You know, I, I went and had, you know, quote-unquote real jobs, um, and I had a lot of them, and it took me a lot of those jobs to just figure out that I didn't, 
I didn't fit in that world, you know. I just, I always, it always felt kind of off to me. I kind of felt like, you know, Neo in the Matrix, you know, just yeah. like this, just does not, something's not right about this. Putting on my khakis and polo and sitting at a desk, and and you know, no shade to anyone who who does that for a living, mm-hmm. um, you know. Especially you got to do what you got to do to make ends meet. But for me, it was really always very uh, kind of soul sucking to do that stuff. So I think that. You know, when I had off time, I was kind of trying to work this side hustle where, you know, how can I do something creative and make money? Mm-hmm. Um, and I never really lost sight of it. You know, it was always kind of there and it kind of made sense. And it really just kind of got to a point where I had to take a leap mm-hmm. um, and jump out and, and really try to do the creative stuff for real instead of just a hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally understand. And I actually wanted to touch on what you just mentioned kind of early uh, later on in my questioning. But since we're on the topic, you know, mm-hmm. let, let me ask you, because we do, like I've talked to, to several people about that exact thing. It's just like, you know, you got to make the ends meet. So you go get a job, you get a crappy job that you don't like, you know, to pay the mm-hmm. bills and you're working on your own passion, you know, at night and on the weekends and things like that. So let me first yeah. ask you, like, what what was kind of like your schedule like when you were working those jobs? Like, did you come home? Like, like when you had the job where you're like, I can't wait to get home to work on this project and you worked on it till late at night. Like what kind of was your, you know, your schedule and thought process during those times when you were working jobs, you didn't want to work. Um, yeah, it was kind of like that. It was, you know, I would get home and you know, I, some of the things I would do is just for example, is like I was doing some, some simple website work. Um, you know, when I was younger in my early 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 20s i'd kind of taught myself uh html and some web coding and uh so i was making these websites for people and that's what i would do i'd come home from work eat and i would go hop on the computer and you know uh work on these websites for uh my clients and and you know that's kind of a it's kind of a grind you know yeah, to yeah. kind of do do your work and come home and then do some more work and um but you know it was it was good i mean it was good side money for me and and it was also what i enjoyed doing it i like the challenge of it mm-hmm. um so both of those things combined it didn't make it so bad and it wasn't like every single night but there were times when there'd be you know a couple of weeks i'd be working on something mm-hmm. um you know yeah for sure and um so like you said you had to take that leap of faith and you know you wanted to do stuff on the creative side and those jobs were soul sucking so how did you come to that like what was your life like at that point when you're like you know what i'm just gonna go out and do my own thing like what was going on then um you know, that actually came came a good bit later. Um, you know, I worked, one of my last jobs was a restaurant. So, you know, I was I was doing that night shift, mm-hmm. working, you know, until 2, 3 a.m. and coming home. And, and it was kind of hard to, to kind of have my creative stuff on the side, but I was trying. Um, and uh, actually, uh, my ex and I, at the time, she, she and I had, decided we were going to start a photography business. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where that, that part of my life began was, you know, she was at that point already a pretty solid established photographer. And I was kind of the new kid mm-hmm. on the block. And, um, but we decided to team up and start this photography business. And, 
you know, it kind of just got to the point where we had booked, um, we booked enough work that it was starting to interfere with the real job. So we kind of had to make the decision to just quit the real jobs and focus on the, mm-hmm. on the photography business. But it was hard cause we weren't really making the same amount of money that we were, we were making at the restaurant, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that was a challenge trying to figure out how to, um, you know, keep everything going, but transition to no steady income. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and what that photography business, like you said, you were kind of like the new kid on the block. So what was your learning process with that? Did you learn from her? Were you like reading books about it? Were you just going out there and doing it? Like how, how um, did you get like get deeper into photography and learn the, the skill set to do that? Yeah, I, it's a little of column A and a little column B. I, mm-hmm. you know, I got a, I had a, at that point I was working with film. Mm-hmm. So um, we had a couple cameras. We had a medium format camera. And then we also just had like a digital, um, or I'm sorry, not a digital, but like a, a Nikon N75. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'd just go shoot. And, um, you know, I would read and I would try to teach myself, you know, how to shoot manually, how to use a light meter, mm-hmm. all that all that stuff. And, um, yeah, I, I was really slow. It took me a long time to get to a point where I was comfortable and, and proficient in shooting manually. Um, but that, yeah, I think really the technical aspects were the big limitation. Cause when I would shoot, I felt very comfortable in composing a shot. I think from my, my years as an artist, um, composition and and framing and all that stuff was it felt pretty natural to me yeah but the technical side was was a challenge for sure yep and what did you learn about like the business of like the business side of things like running your own business marketing everything like that when you you know you went from working in a restaurant to you know launching a photography business (laughs) um at that point, not a whole lot. Uh, I was just grasping at straws back then. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do. Um, I thought that, you know, every interaction I, I had with people, I really kind of treated it like a hustle. You know, carried business cards with me. Um, I'd make little postcards to leave at like coffee shops and stuff. Um, and this was, you know, just to give you a reference, this was probably around two thousand four five six something mm-hmm. like that so facebook wasn't even really it's kind of like myspace t- days back then yeah mm-hmm. yeah we yeah we use myspace um you know uh, instagram wasn't really a big deal i mean there it was a different place from on the internet side of things so yeah. you had a website and you could have a website and you had your sort of physical marketing materials mm-hmm. so it was a lot of that a lot of going to places and dropping off little three by five cards that I would design, you know, again, where my, uh, years as a designer would come back and kick in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I design all my own marketing materials and, and so in that sense it was good because I think I had somewhat of a, a sense of how to approach, um, selling mm-hmm. myself. But, you know, as an artist, I'm, I'm, that's not really, that's not really like first, nature to me just yeah, sure. selling and promoting myself and then and the actual business like running the numbers and money and all that mm-hmm. um and 
like compared to somebody now who might have just got started in, in recent times compared to back then because i'm probably like around the same age as you so i was like when i was doing music heavy i was out in the streets going to conferences things like that mm-hmm. do you think that like back then when you actually had to go out and have interactions with people and you know talk to people leave flyers at places leave cds or whatever you know people were doing back then do you think that that helped you now in your business by doing those things as opposed to just being strictly like online like a lot of a lot of younger people think like you can just do it all online hmm that's a good question uh yeah i think that um i think that it is about val- and i think that that's still valuable today to get out and uh hit the pavement and and speak to people and you know you definitely never know what can come you know i've had just the, the most random people contact me mm-hmm. online and be like hey i want to shoot with you and that's great but there is something to getting out there going to your local you know businesses whether it be your coffee shops or or wherever you like to hang out and kind of get some face time like me personally like here in atlanta i like to go to a coffee shop called octane and i hang out there and you know i run into all kinds of people friends people i don't know and strike up conversations with and sometimes those turn into things and i think that that's that's something that i do tell a lot of the younger people who are coming up which is just just meet people yeah and be seen um yeah, definitely. Because the more you meet people, even if it's just like a friendly kind of acquaintance type of relationship, you never know what that's going to turn into for your business. And I think early on, I looked at everything through a business lens. Mm-hmm. And I think that was kind of a mistake because I limited myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think just, I think getting out there and and meeting people in person and, you know, I still don't think it's a bad idea to leave promotional materials, you know, uh, post it up on bulletin boards or leave your business cards. Um, that stuff still has value. Yeah, for sure. And let me ask you about like, you know, you design and film and photography and everything. Like Mm -hmm. why did you decide to do so many things? Was it out of necessity or was it just, or did you make a conscious decision? Like I want to learn how to do all of these things so I can have them in my toolbox. Like what was your thought process with that? (laughs) I wish I could say it was conscious um, I just, I have a lot of different interests, I think is, is where it started. I, you know, I would, when I would draw, um, and sketch, you know, I was really into that, but then I also liked painting a lot. And then I also liked, uh, doing kind of some sculpting and ceramic stuff. And then, you know, when digital came about, you know, I really got into that. Um, I got into graphic design and, and so I think it was just born from me being interested in different stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and I've dabbled a little bit in like music and, and other things, but usually it comes from me, uh, being exposed to something. And then I say, Oh, I, I really like to do that. I would really like to get hands on and, and try that and see what I could create. Um, and like I said, I wish I could say it was like a planned thing, but it wasn't. But I definitely feel fortunate that I have a lot of tools in the toolbox now because, um, you know, for me, a lot of that stuff overlaps. There's a lot of uh, interweaving of, of the different things that I like to do and know how to do. Um, so even when I'm doing photography, there, there are times when, you know, somebody that needs, that turns into like a, a design project as well 
And do you find that since you have these different skill sets in these different areas and they do overlap that like if you get stuck creatively in one that you can kind of just jumpstart your creativity by jumping to something else? Yeah, it's definitely, I would say that that's fairly true. Um, you know, being able to hop into something else, like if I get kind of burned out on, on shooting and I want to put down the camera for a little while, it's nice to, you know, jump back in and maybe start working on some design projects or, um, yeah, I think it's good to have different, different irons and different fires, you know? Yeah, for sure. Not to, cause you don't want to limit yourself. So I totally get it. Cause I'm the same way. Like sometimes I'll just get burnt out on music and just pick up the camera and then yeah, when I'm shooting something, absolutely, get, you know, jump started on the creative side or on the music side. I mean, so it's definitely, I definitely understand that. So, uh, Let's talk about Dead Pixel. How did that come about? Because I've seen you've been working on like the the logo on on your Instagram story for a while. So like, how oh. tell us about the company and what and what you do with it and how that came about. Um, okay, Dead Pixel is a venture that um, I work with my friend and mentor Zach Arias. He's a photographer here in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. um, he's been shooting for a number of years. And he was actually really instrumental in in helping me when I was coming up, and uh, a friendship was also born out of that. So um, several years ago, though, he's uh, he wanted to separate his uh, commercial photography and his education into two different um, entities, mm -hmm. and so we that was when we made Dead Pixel, which is where all of his educational resources and inspiration and talk about photography you know just shop talk um all that stuff lives over on dead pixel but at the time he didn't have like a a dedicated outlet for that stuff um so you know and then he was also talking about creating a brand new tutorial video um you know he had done one several years before that called the one light Mm -hmm. And it was basically a video version of his, his workshop that he would go around the country teaching. Mm -hmm. um, so he decided to put that into video form. It did really well. But by the time, this is like probably 2014 when we started working on this, um, you know, that video was kind of dated. There was some new technology, new information he wanted to share. He wanted it to be in HD. There were all these things. Mm -hmm. um, so that became our first project was to create the new one light workshop video and to establish dead pixels, the website. Um, and yeah, that's what it is. It's like, we try to think of ourselves as maybe kind of the garage punk rock version of like Petapixel or something, you know, we, gotcha. we talk about gear, we talk about education, teach people how to do stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and also I think what makes it uh, interesting and unique is that we also talk about the struggles, not just the successes. I think too often on social media and, and in the photography industry in general, I think people are are out there, you know, showing how well they're doing and look, I'm shooting this big name celebrity or this or that, but they don't ever talk about the struggle it is to get there. Yeah, they, um, it's kind of like a highlight reel on, on social media. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that was one of the other things that we that we felt strongly about is just kind of keeping it real on the site and being like, hey, sometimes you know we struggle to pay our bills, 
you know i mean that's that's life people don't really talk about it but let's talk about it yeah and it's a reality of being an artist like i mean i've been there done that and you know it's it's just life when you want to have a creative field and i think a lot of people they look at those highlight reels that people post on (laughs) social media and they think that it's all like glamorous and everything but in reality like you have to get out there and hustle you have to put money away for a rainy day sometimes things are going to slow down so i i dig what y'all are doing with that yeah and it's and i think the the other part of that is it's it's easy to get discouraged you know especially when you're new and you're coming up and you see everybody out there and it seems like they're they got it going on and everything comes easy to them and you know, I think it's like, man, why doesn't that happen for me? Why can't I get this job or why can't I do this kind of work? And so I think that's that's been a big part of our focus is just be like, look, just just breathe, take one day at a time and, and don't don't give up, you know, get out there, do the hustle. It's going to happen. Yep. And speaking of like hustling and learning a craft and, and being creative, you know, for a living, mm-hmm. how long did it take? I mean, I guess there's never like a, a point when you're actually like fully comfortable because I've, you know, creativity can be you know, up and down as far as the business side of things. But how long did it take before you started like making a living off your creativity and feeling comfortable in, in what you were doing? Like how many, I guess like in years wise, from mm. like when you started, I should say. Yeah, to make a living. So, you know, when I was doing the photography business, uh, that went from kind of the part-time to quitting mm-hmm. the real job to doing that and actually actually paying the bills and making rent like two years mm-hmm. two years of like solid hustling and and really making effort um to get that going mm-hmm. and that was you know we we're doing wedding photography so that's a uh, that's the thing that you have to kind of get some momentum going because yeah. you got to get some word of mouth. You got to get clients constantly rolling in. Yeah. And I think that took about two years total from just kind of like having three or four clients to then turning that into like a business where we were, you know, doing staying busy. Weekend, yeah. mm-hmm. And how did you like doing wedding photography? Cause I hear like some photographers, they love it and some like hate it. So what was your thoughts on like doing wedding photography? <laughs> um, now I've had some space from it. I quit doing it in 2010, mm-hmm. um, and there are definitely there are definitely a lot of things I enjoyed about it. Um, I have a lot of respect for people who do it because you know whether you realize it or not, it's really challenging. Just yeah. being on your feet for eight to ten hours a day, and 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 you have to be on. Like you have to be just like ready to go, capturing moments that mm-hmm. may never come again, and. There's a lot of pressure and expectation, I think, from the from the client side too, and so it's a challenging job. And um, but for me, I hit a wall and I had to quit. Um, you know, I just I couldn't do it anymore. It wasn't it wasn't the thing that was really like fulfilling to my soul. I mean, it was definitely better than a day job, like a desk job. Yeah. Um, and it and it I'm thankful for it because it provided me with like a lot. Um, a lot of freedom, a lot of um, great experiences, and meeting great people. But yeah, I, I realized after eight years of doing it that I had to kind of step away and and try something else. Um, mm-hmm. I get it. That's cool. 
Um, mm-hmm. And l- let me ask you a question. I'm sure that plagues like a lot of creatives that are trying to, you know, turn their creativity into a passion and live off their craft. So what, like, how did you decide on what to charge? Like, I guess I should ask for like currently or like in the past, like what factored into like how much you charge for like a shoot or for a wedding and how has that changed over time as you, you know, gotten more experience and, and done more things? Mm, that's a good question. Um, you know, starting out, I would always really undercut myself. Mm-hmm. I would sort of compare my my rates with what I was making at day jobs, mm-hmm. which doesn't really translate to the creative world because it's, um, you know, creative hourly rates are vastly different than what you would get if you're like, say working at Starbucks or something yeah, for, sure. um, for a lot of reasons, not, not just because, you know, there, we have some kind of high and mighty uh, perspective of ourselves that we're just worth more, but you know, you know, the drill, like you got to pay your own taxes, you got to pay your own health care and savings, all that, all that stuff is on you. And I think early on, I just had no idea. So I would offer to do things for $20 here, $50 here, hundred bucks there. Mm-hmm. Um, and after being in the creative industry for a long time and and seeing how things work and talking to other people and kind of getting my head around, you know, what I needed to make to live, um, then I was able to come up with like an hourly rate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that varies depending on what I'm doing. You know, it's different for photography. It's different for design. Um, but... You know, that's that's the big thing that I tell people when they're like, oh, I could just do it. You know, I'll do a photo shoot for $100. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's cool. Um, but you have to keep in mind that you you are responsible for all of your your insurance and your own health care and your own savings and your own taxes. You know, the first year I got the tax bill, I was like, whoa, <laughs> uh, $12,000 tax bill all at once. I was not ready for that. Yeah, and then you got you know learn about write, tax write-offs and what you can write off and and all mm-hmm. that stuff to reduce that. So there is a lot that goes into it for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, like, I'm big on the growth mindset. So like, I'm always just reading books or listening to podcasts or whatever. So, what are some things that you do, you know, for yourself to grow in your career and on a personal level? Hmm, that's a good question. Um. You know, I, I read, I try to keep up with um, what's going on in the, in the photography world. Um, and, you know, when I, when I say that, I'm, I guess I'm more, I'm more interested in a lot of the technical things that are happening. Yeah. Um, I know technology changes so fast. And so I, I like to stay on top of what's happening with, with gear and, and also with the software side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I really like to stay on top of what you can do with like Photoshop and Lightroom. Um, I never want to be left behind. You know, I will never want to, you know, get into Photoshop one day and not recognize it because I haven't used it in years. Um, so I'm always trying to be on that tip, you know? So whenever a new version of the Adobe suite comes out, I usually kind of do a deep dive and, see what's new and see what other kind of tools I can add to my arsenal or how I could better, um, 
just maybe even just be more efficient in how I work. Um, so a lot of it's that. And I think as far as like inspiration, um, you know, I draw inspiration from a lot of places. I really love movies. I really love like getting into the nitty gritty of like film and cinema and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll go see a movie and, and come out of it like really inspired by, you know, the cinematography or, you know, um, that kind of feeds into my, uh, craft and yeah. my creative soul. Um, gotcha. Yeah. I think it is important to, um, stay on top of the technology because it moves so fast. And, you know, I always see that little box pop up with a, you know, new update on, on different programs in Adobe suite, like seems like every week. So, you know, you gotta really see what they're adding. And there's sometimes there are some really cool tools that make your job a little bit easier. So, I, I agree a hundred percent with like keeping up on the technology and, and what's coming out and everything. Yeah. Um, so this is a question I asked this on, on every um, episode actually, but it's, a, it's about success. So there's a lot of, it seems like traditionally like success has kind of been defined by, you know, a lot of money, cars, house, all that kind of stuff. But it seems like more in recent times, people have been kind of redefining it for themselves. So how do you, define success for yourself? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, yeah, you know, I talk about that a lot with, with, uh, my peers and Mm -hmm. friends and stuff. And I think that, um, you know, it's, it's easy to say like the guy that rolls up in the Bentley, he's successful. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that might be true, but for me, you know, as cliche as it might sound, I, I, I think that I feel successful when I have the freedom to do work that is fulfilling to me, mm-hmm. um, and, and still pay my bills and, um, have the freedom to, uh, do things that I enjoy doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, if I, if I can get my bills paid and, and have all that stuff covered by, you know, either doing photography or design work or, or what have you. And that allows me to stay out of a cubicle and, you know, go visit some cool places and travel and Mm -hmm. spend time with people I care about. I mean, really for me, that's what it's all about. Um, you know, if I can help people out too, that's another thing, um, that I feel, is a is a barometer of success you know if i can have the time or money to you know give somebody else a hand that's that's important to me yeah so so for me it's it's kind of that it's just i i like to if i'm fulfilled creatively and um you know i can pay my bills and you know funnel all that stuff back into being happy and fulfilled yeah, and I, I think that's really dope because out, out of all the interviews that I've done, pretty much every answer has been along those lines. It's almost like a common thread. And it's just like, mm-hmm. if I can do what I love to do, pay my bills, see the world, and give back, then I'm successful. And, I mean, that's mm-hmm. how I feel as well. So I think that's really dope that you feel that way as well. And I think that, you know, people who are, who do get to the point of doing their creative passion for a living probably think along those same lines as well. Um, at least from yeah. my experience and what I've seen. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. So, yeah, I definitely appreciate you coming to the podcast. Why don't you let everybody know, you know, where they can find you at on social media, website and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, Instagram is my number number one place that I hang out. Um, it's just Instagram.com slash Dan Almacy, all one word. And uh, I do have a website as well, DanAlmacy.com. But like any working creative, it's very out of date. <laughs> um, I've had to, I need to redo that. Um, yeah, I'm kind of, I do a little bit on Twitter, not much, but yeah, it's all under the same handle. All right, cool. Well, yeah, like I said, I definitely appreciate you coming on and everybody who's listening. This is the Creative Masters Podcast. Until next time, peace. So there you have it. That was episode 28 of the Creative Masters Podcast featuring Dan Amasi. I hope you guys got a lot out of this episode and feel inspired from it. As usual, I can be found at Nobody Famous on Instagram and Twitter, and be sure to follow the podcast at Creative Masters Podcast on Instagram. Be sure to follow us, rate us, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Until next time, this is Nobody Famous. Peace.